everybody. Welcome to Talking Indie Animation here. We're talking about a very special film this month. We're talking about Tower. And uh, this is the 2016 animated documentary. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Stanford's here. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm so excited to talk with you about this film. Yeah, yeah. My goodness, Rachel. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and part of the reason why I thought about doing this film, not only because it's exceptional, but also because the movie Flea is it was also wonderful. I love it, but I do think it's getting a little bit of, of this reputation of being like groundbreaking that maybe it doesn't a hundred percent. deserve. Yeah. No, I, I agree because I was thinking the same thing as I was watching tower is that, Oh, wow. This, you know, I saw this in flea, yeah. <laughs> you know, flea came later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Six years later, uh, we had animated documentary. And then, of course, there's Waltz with Bashir, which is also an animated documentary right. uh, that uh, is a war movie. And I think that all three are different and all three are exceptional. Uh, but I, I just think that if we're going to give we're going to tip our hat to flee, we should we should give some love to Tower as well. To Tower, agreed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about it. This is an animated documentary. It's combined live action and rotoscope animation that tells the story of the 1966 shooting sniper shootings at the University of Texas at Austin. And it was interesting last year, I actually visited Austin. I visited our friends, Sean and uh, Sean and Jennifer Chandler. Oh yeah, that's right. They yeah. live in Austin. Yeah. They live in Austin. So I got to see the campus and the tower. You see the tower. Yeah, yeah. We drove by it and I'm like, wow. <laughs> I know. Right. It's, it's something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this, uh, this event, it happened, uh, in uh, 1966. Yeah. 1966. It was, uh, August, August 1st. And this man, he, he's just started shooting. And one of the things I really, there's many things I appreciate about this film, but one of the things that I really appreciate is they do not try to psychoanalyze the shooter at all. You know, I appreciated that too, because you don't even learn the shooter's name until the end of the movie. Yep. And, and uh, they, that, yeah. So it's not like necessarily like this true crime thing. It was just capturing the horror of those 90 minutes of what, what was going on when he, when that, when he was at, the, at this tower shooting down people. Yeah. You know. the, the closest they get is Claire, the pregnant woman. I uh, talks about a photo she saw of Charles uh, hold, as a child holding guns. Yeah. Two guns. Yeah. And then as a teacher, her relating to that and saying that she forgives him. But that's still about the victims. This, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just think of all of these like Ted Bundy movies and stuff like that. We that are so seen. focused on the killer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I... I really appreciated that this was was just about the victims. And it's a very sobering movie because you have to ask yourself, what would I do? Mm -hmm. What would happen? And there's particular characters that were so brave and great. And oh my stars. Know, <laughs> did you right? have did you have a favorite, a favorite character? Well, probably my favorite character was uh and I've I should have written his name down, Rachel, but it's the guy who uh, who's wearing the black shirt 
who went oh, yeah, out he was and, good. And, and rescued the pregnant woman. Yeah, he was really, really good. I actually don't remember. Did I don't even know if they said his name, but maybe at the end they did. Yeah, yeah. They, I can't remember. Maybe, yeah, maybe they didn't. But and then how you know the, that one point he's having the conversation with the with the you know we'll call her the pregnant woman, but you know, uh, I don't know. It's just just his his story in particular was was especially moving to me. Although they all were moving, to be honest with you. You know, what was, what about for you? Well, I do. I love him. I love Rita. Unbelievable. Oh, Rita. That. Just, oh. that made me tear up. Made me cry. Unbelievable. <laughs> and, but probably my favorite is uh, Alan Crumb. I basically feel like he's a real life John McLean. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> And wasn't it amazing to hear him talk about it? Yeah. And there was just like, you got to deputize me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I got you back, ready to go. <laughs> so, you know, I know we'll get into this, Rachel, but one of the things that was so well done about this is that basically there, there were, they had actors that were basically saying the lines of these you know, people that were, you know, these eyewitnesses and people that were shot, you know, that were there. Uh, and then also they, you know, they talked to the real person. And so, you know, they can use, it was so interesting to me how they did the rotoscoping animation of the actors. And then, then they'd bring in the real people and the real people were never animated. Right. The, uh, yeah. the ones, you know, the, the, when they were talking to them in their own voices, as, as they were giving the account it was so effective i wrote it was that this is so incredibly effective yeah i said this is one of the most stunning uses of animation i've ever seen because Agreed. Agreed. you have characters who are dead so you would only be able to do it sort of ken burns style where you have like yeah. the floating pictures and stuff and that can be effective but this really immersed you into the experience into the moment you heard their voice you heard yeah. and i thought that was so effective and i mean this is I just can't think of a, another instance where rotoscoping is is or is nearly as effective as it is here. I mean, we've talked about Waking Life previously on on this show, uh, but this is just even more. Yeah, effective. it reminded me a tad of uh, somewhat of, of at least the style of yeah of Waking Life, but I thought that this was so much more effective and so much more interesting. The way that you know the way that it was done and their choice of colors and, and and you know different things when the people were talking and then in different you know different moods too um i'm with you i just you know for anybody who says you know limits animation to something that's you know quote unquote a children's medium they need to see this film and i think they'll, i think they'll have their minds changed about the power they can you know the animation can be in in uh, amazing storytelling. Yeah, and I think one thing that helps a lot is that you have the newsreels, which a lot of those are in black and white, and then they move into basically black and white animation, which that yeah. sort of dulls the Uncanny Valley kind of look this way as you get with the rotoscoping. Yep. And, and so it just, it made it into a art style versus a, something that's done for it to be on the cheap, which is a lot right. of times the case with the rotoscope. Right. 
it was a conscientious visual choice. I loved how they were able to with the uh, you know animate the the tower itself. Yeah. And and the different angles and things that they were doing that of course you you know that you weren't able to get film that during during the event and it's not like they had drones or something and even then they thought that would you know i don't think that how that would be safe uh but anyway just yeah just just jaw dropping the whole the whole thing i just think like yeah i was i was riveted to and the, the sound design was so effective every time there was the there was a shot it you felt it oh, it was chilling wasn't that chilling and mm-hmm. yeah just the way they captured almost that echo Mm-hmm. you know the yeah. way that that would sound there and that in the you know on the campus oof mm-hmm. and it, a part of the reason why they did what they did is because they were not allowed to film the reenactments at the university campus for whatever reason uh, and so they decided instead to go this animated route but i i think it it's it was necessity is the means of invention because it 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 definitely added to the film. If it had just been a live action documentary, it it really you know, wouldn't be as memorable. It would yeah, it would it wouldn't nearly be as memorable. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was the, it was the animation that really makes this film stand out and mm-hmm. again all make it almost an even more emotional experience. I just I loved. I mean, I loved everything about it clearly, but I, I was how as i was mentioning earlier you know when they they were when they were having these eyewitness accounts going on and and it would start sometimes with with an animated you know with the rotoscope and then it would morph into uh still kind of animated rotoscope and then the actual live person was talking you see and and how they i guess i should you know i'm sorry i'm just going on blabbering honestly the editing the way that you know the, the way yes. that they were able to edit all of that together you know with every every aspect of this film absolutely blew, blew my mind when it starts out introducing us to all the different characters that we're going to meet you could almost picture this as a play I yeah think, exactly in the way that it kind of introduces the your characters introduces the characters and really, when it, her, we find out her name is Claire, the, the pregnant woman is there with her boyfriend walking to campus. They have a class together. And when she gets shot, it's so sad. And she says she can feel her baby anymore. And oh, brutal, brutal. Yeah. And th- this, this campus, if you haven't seen, you know, pictures or aware of this event, this, the, where this tower is, it's really this wide open plaza. Mm-hmm. and it would yeah. be hard to hide if, yeah. you know if you were there in the line of fire it's just it's just wide open there are and it's not like a lot of all the trees and stuff are just kind of like to the side you know yeah, the, shrub, the shrubs that, and whatnot there's that great line with the glasses guy where he says that a lot of people think they should take down the jefferson davis statue but if in that moment it was it provided them the cover that they Isn't needed that yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> wow. and so she's lying there for it all together. The whole incident was about, uh, which just under two hours and she's lying there on that hot concrete. She can't move. Yeah. And this woman with red hair named Rita, Rita. Uh, comes up to her and then ends up on the ground because she gets shot at 
and she basically keeps her awake yeah, she and keeps her conscience. talking for yeah, like an hour yeah. a long time yeah and it's 100 degree weather uh that concrete is hot hot it's like burning their legs and i think yeah. what especially makes what rita does moving is earlier in the movie you have i don't know her name but you have one of the students and she says that uh she realized that day that she was a coward you know that and, was interesting wasn't it kind yeah. of as yeah retrospective thing yeah yeah, yeah. because I mean, I don't know if I could say that I would be Mr. John McClain, you know, storming the, I probably would just tuck under the desk too. Yeah. And those guys. So, so this woman clearly, you know, the pregnant woman is still alive. Her, her boyfriend is dead. And then Rita's there, but Rita's just trying to keep her conscious and she's, and she's pretending that she's dead, you know, so she doesn't draw any attention from the uh, sniper. And these brave guys f- go out and they get, you know, they get the pregnant woman, Claire, right? Uh, and that scene just took my breath away. Yeah. And then when they're talking to the witness too, uh, it was interesting to me, Rachel, because every single witness, I mean, who can blame him? Because what a traumatic situation. I don't know if you ever recover really from something like this. Everyone got emotional. Yeah. Well, I mean, that interesting. Yeah. And we'll talk more about that, but to think that like none of them had really dealt with this ever. Yeah. And and we're talking, this is, you know, 2016. Yeah. Like that blew my mind. I'm like, I don't know how anybody survived the sixties. I know. I know. Right. Because yeah, they haven't put a memorial on the campus. Crazy. And like, they had never talked about it and they had never met up. They never communicated i mean i guess that's one advantage at least to social media is that we sometimes to an to a fault we can bond and communicate and form groups and things like that that would have been way harder back then but yeah still just amazing that not even once i just couldn't believe it that they right and even that one guy it was his cousin he was like i haven't seen my cousin in 30 years (laughs) just like what I know, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, because my, my, one of my grandmas, uh, she, um, her mother tried to commit suicide in front of her oh. and she had this, she, she lived with this like horrible trauma that she had dealt with and she never talked about it ever. And, and finally, when she was in her eighties, it finally bowled up on her and she finally had to deal with it. Uh, and it, it's just, I just can't imagine. And like I said, I think maybe now we're, we've swung over the other way to a fault where we're just yeah. like, so we share everything with everyone, but, uh, but boy, whew, I would need to talk and talk a lot. If oh like my gosh. <laughs> All right. So, so true. So <laughs> traumatic. But I felt bad for that lady because I don't think that she was a coward. And she says, that this separated uh, the brave people from the scared people. He says, I didn't want to get shot. Yeah. And I realized I was a coward. I mean, that was just very emotional. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Same thing with that cop who uh, 
was regretting waiting. And I can't remember specifically what he was waiting for, Rachel, or what, you know, what he was being sad that he didn't go out. I don't know if it was going out and getting Claire or if it was something else, but he, he regretted it. Yeah. Tennessee he says, I've tried to forget it. He says, how would I describe the colors of the rainbow to someone born blind? You can't, there are no words. Yeah. 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 So it's something you always, uh, but then Claire says that nobody ever talked about it, uh, that she never met. I guess the, the man with the glasses is named Artie that oh, she okay. didn't meet yeah. him uh, until a few months before the interview, which is just, crazy that's amazing to me crazy to me too yeah Uh, and she says she has a strange guilt uh, that uh and she talks about missing her baby oh that part got me yeah Uh, i know she she ended up adopting a son but she always she dreams about the lost baby and uh and she's that's when she says i can't hate him i forgive him how can I not forgive when I've been forgiven of so much? But she did say that participating in this documentary was very healing for her, which made me happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that made me happy too. Mm-hmm. When the, the, so there's a boy and his cousin that are on the paper route. And can you, can you imagine this man just shooting a, a child? Like this dude was so unbelievable. messed up. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then I, he says that his first thought was my, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to my mom and dad or anything, uh, which I thought was moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he still had his shirt that he had worn. I know. Right. That day. That day. Yeah. There he showed it mm-hmm. on camera. That was just, holy smokes. Yeah. And then we have, we have two different officers. We have officer Martinez He's the main officer. And then we have another officer with blonde hair. I'm not sure his name, but he tries to shoot, uh, but he's never shot a scope before. Uh, he says, it wasn't a nervous shake. It was a wobble. And I, I, I did the laugh. <laughs> it was like so Texas when they're like, everybody was showing up with their guns. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, to be stereotyped, you know, like playing the stereotypes, but it's like, well, yeah, well, they're in Texas, you know, yeah. everybody's got a gun. Uh, but what was so interesting to me too, Rachel, in that, so we're talking about the guys that actually go up into the tower, right, to try to take yeah. this guy out, that there was that bookstore, that university bookstore employee mm-hmm. who also. Well, he was know, the deputized guy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Okay, you already mentioned He him. was great. I mean. Yeah, he- he's so great. It was just like, uh, no, I mean, talk about fearless, unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> He's, he wanted to call his wife from inside the tower. And, uh, and when they start to go up into the tower, he's like, all right, I'm behind you. You got to deputize me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they said that, uh, that they offered him one day pay as a deputized officer and he refused it he refused it i love yeah, that i did too i feel like he's the one that you make the movie around yeah if you made a movie of this i, I oh, mean a, a narrative, a narrative absolutely movie. absolutely yeah yeah and uh 
I don't know. I mean, obviously, yeah, Bruce Willis in his heyday would have been perfect. Probably too old uh-huh. now. Oh, yeah. But like, you know, Die Hard Days or maybe just a little mm-hmm. after. It's classic Bruce Willis. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I like when they were talking about the that there was there was massive testosterone. <laughs> the average citizens with guns. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I'm sorry. I don't mean to like be a little this situation, but those that was kind of classic. And again, yeah. playing into the stereotype, but yeah, I was like, well, they are. You know, there they are. It was really good, and uh, so then, yeah, Officer Martinez, he he is very smart because once he hears this shooting on the other side of the uh, the south side, then he goes to the north and goes around, so he won't be seen. And he says that if I could see the top of the tower. The sniper could see me. So that was kind of his strategy. Mm-hmm. And I thought the music was also really effective in this. I don't know if you agree. Oh, no, I totally mm-hmm. agree. I mean, like, yeah. every every aspect just came together, you know. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, the editing was so, so stellar. The music was terrific and just used in such a judicious way, mm-hmm. you know, where I never felt it was that it was overwhelming but but you know uh the one the one scene where they're using as a claire de lune oh yeah that was so a good of times it was so good and so effective mm-hmm. you know yeah um, yeah and i mean it's just unbelievable that they could do this on such a small budget i mean a lot of the i don't know if oh. it was the full budget but they did an indiegogo campaign uh as part of the financing so, i mean we're talking this movie cost under a million dollars to me yeah which exactly is amazing. it's amazing how yeah. they were how they pulled it together mm-hmm. and and i liked i felt like all of the reenactment actors worked for me i felt like they felt like okay this and then when they showed the real people that were still alive it it looked like those people to me oh same you know and i think because she probably had the most screen time but both the real claire and you know the actress who played young claire Mm -hmm. uh they were so good uh or she was so good you should say you know that actress in particular was was i thought just just terrific um, such a moving performance yeah she did a really good job i mean just i can't even imagine how horrible that would be you're lying there your baby's not moving you're in pain and the way she talked about the pain was very interesting about it being yeah like a a pressure kind of almost an am well yeah and i wonder like, as as she's describing it i'm saying well did she get shot or do i have you know i mean did she really find it? yeah I mean, clearly yeah. she got shot but, um, uh, I mean, it's probably partly adrenaline and shock too. Uh, yeah. She, she says, it felt like something heavy was pressing down on me. I felt like I'd been shot by some kind of antimatter gun. And uh, that's when Rita comes up to her. And uh, the, when you know, she says that this was a beautiful, uh, beautiful sacrifice that Rita made. And, you know, she says, um, Rita was persistent and kept asking me questions. It was a beautiful, selfless act. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I did like the glasses guy when he's, 
He's like, I was dressed in all black like an idiot. I know, because it's so hot. <laughs> so he's sweating like a pig. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And he can't see without his glasses. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> I was so nervous that whole thing because, you know, he gets Claire to safety and then he has to go retrieve his glasses because he can't see. And I'm thinking, he's going to get shot. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's the, that the thing that, too, that in a way it's a real, it's it's a thriller. I mean, it's scary, yeah. you know, because you're just, you're just thinking, okay, who's going to get shot? Because the sniper was ruthless and just didn't discriminate. You know, he was shooting anybody and anything. Yeah, he said it was the most scared he's ever been in his life. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And and they, uh, there's a young boy that's dead, a young woman, others wounded. And that this is when they go and deputize yeah. uh, the bookstore guy. <laughs> yeah. Because we call him the bookstore uh, guy. That's right. <laughs> they said the shooting outside was like rolling thunder. And, and I liked the one officer. He says that time's passing, but you don't feel like time's passing. Yeah. Uh, there was no time to think about fear. And he said, you can't have fear in front of you to do your job. And I wasn't going to allow anyone to make me dead. It was all good moments. Admire that. I mean, yeah. I th- again, I, I would probably just be huddled under a desk somewhere. I don't think oh, yeah. I'm that brave. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole thing. It certainly is very sobering and it makes you think. Would I, yeah. Would I do that for a stranger, especially? Mm-hmm. Would I do that? Yeah. And you know the thing too that Rachel remind me of. I know that there's this probably off, you know, an off use quote, but uh, Mr. Rogers taught that you know you're teaching little kids when something. I think it was when he was talking about the 9/11 attacks. Uh, but he was talking about how, you know, for for children to look for the helpers, there will be helpers. Right. And it's so interesting. I was thinking about that a lot, watching as all this stuff was unfolding, because I think there were a lot of people that were trying to help. And some of them were just shooting up at the tower. <laughs> you know, there were right. cops and stuff. But, no, but, but still, I think, you know, it, they were you know taking cover but trying to figure out you know what they could do to help and i just and i and i it's sad that sometimes it takes you know a tragic situation like this but to bring out the best in people you know to bring out the best in humanity to bring out people who are gonna who are who are helpers or and who want to you know be good yeah i remember against against this evil I remember when the Boston Marathon bombing happened, uh, I was listening to an interview and uh, it, and somebody was saying like, it's easy to think about the reality of evil, these two people and what they did to so many people. And that's valid and to think about it, but also in the same breath, think of all the people that ran towards that, that, you know, that helped that rescued that, that. that had the opposite you know that you can look at the two that were terrible and caused all this pain but all the the people running towards 
the suffering mm-hmm. to help. And there's that too. And I think that that is, you know, very, very true. And I mean, it's probably somewhat easier for, you know, officers who it's there, they're, they've got that training, they've got that, right. um, they've got that emergency experience kind of mm-hmm. know what to do and be strong like officer martinez is here right because he's a vietnam vet right mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah and that whole sec the whole sequence where they are going up the, oh gosh, the tower so, i was just holding my breath yeah <laughs> and i've seen the movie before and i still yeah was... it's so well crafted mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and when they shoot uh, Martina says, I was done. And you see the the bookstore guy, I think it was Alan in his name, uh, that he waves the white handkerchief so the people know that the sniper is dead. So, the, yeah, they'll stop shooting up at the tower. And some people think at first that he is, that it's the shooter waving the white handkerchief, that he right. is the, the shooter. But uh, it says, they were mesmerized as if dazed and wondering what the what the world has ha- what in the world has happened to my world it's not something you expect from our beautiful tower yeah so that was very moving and uh, yeah you definitely you know think about it and they showed that kind of clip reel at the end of all the different shootings and stuff like that uh but uh i uh, luckily we haven't had anything too bad happen here in utah uh but uh do you remember that trolley square mm-hmm. that's what i was it's, thinking yeah again just a crazy person with a gun you know mm-hmm. kind of holding the mall hostage and oh my gosh horrible mm-hmm. scary so scary because you just you know you don't know if you're ever gonna walk into a situation like that you know you're just doing going about your day going to dinner yeah. or whatever and then or even something on a smaller scale like what happened with elizabeth smart i remember just thinking like how how crazy it was or i don't know i just remember thinking like how that bubble had kind of been burst a little bit that something like that could happen in our peaceful i mean i guess you also had um what's his name um with the uh the book mormon translator guy mark hoffman yeah mark hoffman so that was the case here too so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and there was a good documentary actually on Netflix. I don't know if you saw it. Right, no, I haven't documentary. seen that yet, but I heard it was very good. It was really good. It yeah. Was, it was a little bit aggrandizing him sometimes, which made me uncomfortable about how he's the greatest uh, like criminal mastermind or whatever. Yeah. Didn't really and plagiarizer and stuff. That made me uncomfortable. But nevertheless, it was still it was still pretty good. But uh, but it's definitely a sobering thing, especially to happen on a college campus where people are trying to learn and uh, it should be a kind of a peaceful, hopeful, positive environment to have it be infiltrated this way. Yeah. Is really upsetting. Uh, Claire ended up in extensive care, intensive care for seven weeks. Yeah. And Rita. And she lost her baby, of course. Yeah. And tragic. So yeah. sad. And Rita comes to see her and she's made a painting for her. And that's the only time they saw each other, which again, just kind of amazed me. Yeah. It kind of floored me too. Uh, they want to just kind of like be part of this permanent support group, you know, Yeah. but maybe they just didn't want to relive it anymore. I don't know. And even if it wasn't like a permanent thing or a frequent thing, you would think that it would be more than once. Right. In all these years. 
And then they showed that she died in 1996. Yeah. I was sad. I mean, I would, I was very worried the whole time that Rita was going to get killed by the sniper. Yeah. And, and so I was grateful to learn that she didn't, although I was sad that, you know, she wasn't able to be part of this documentary too, you know, as you know, in person. Yeah. And Claire says there's a special place in heaven for people like that. Yeah. Marina. Yeah. Again, you know, I think it's just like one of those look, you know, look for look for the helpers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what, who she who she was and what, what mm-hmm. she did, and and I admire that so much. It's like what I what, what I would hope I would do. I don't know, you know, as, as we were talking about, I don't know how I'd respond in that situation if I just hide under the you know in the shrubs or yeah. try to go out and help. Yeah, because I think I would probably rationalize it that, oh, I'm just going to make things worse. Yeah. And I'm going to die. Like, so the fact that some people, it's like they don't even kind of think that they don't even try to rationalize. They just operate off of instinct. Mm -hmm. This this person, I got to go. I got to help. Yeah. And one of them, again, many of the countless things I liked about this documentary is that it took you in some of that thought process with some of these people. And, and it was just interesting to get these different points of view of, uh, of ways of, of behaving under the, that kind of duress. Yeah. And then, like I said, they talked about that. I feel guilty because I didn't go sooner. I didn't help more. This yeah. is strange guilt. And, uh, and then Claire talks about her, her adopted son and how she misses her baby and, and it was just, it was just sad. It's really sad. I mean, you gotta be, I mean, you're evil if you are killing all these innocent people anyway, but it just seems especially cruel, a child and a, and a pregnant woman. Oh yeah. I was so happy that they were able to get the killer, you yeah. know? Uh, it really and, was a triumphant moment. It was, it, oh, it really felt so like a heroic. plane. <laughs> it did. And, and I was talking to somebody today, they were saying, oh, I've really put off watching this movie because it seems so sad and so heavy. And I said, it's, it's inspirational heavy, not heavy, heavy. Right. It's a really well, yeah, way, good way to say it. Because I didn't feel, I felt sad, but I didn't feel like I just had a burden placed upon me. No. And I, and at the end of it, I wasn't necessarily depressed. I was yeah. more moved. Mm-hmm. And inspired by these people and then again just said i think mean, part of it was the way how they edited that montage at the at the end with all these current shootings that we've experienced you know over the last 20 years or frankly that will you know seems yeah. to happen in the u.s like you know every month if not every week yeah. uh and it's it's just it's something yeah it kind of reminded that part kind of reminded me of um did you ever see a black clansman spike lee yeah i did it reminded yeah. me a lot of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kind of thing that he likes to do, the sort of montages. That, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, that's the movie. I think it's very moving. I think it's very well done. It uses animation to help in such a yeah. meaningful way, effective way. It's, uh, it's, it's executed so well uh, in all the ways that, that you need as far as sound design and animation and when they bring in the visuals the live action it works so well i just really the clips that they have from news coverage really work yeah well there's also that reporter that we see coming in and out and then when yes 
they talk about him being on air and having to read the victim list and one of the old members of this station one of the old anchors he says read that list again and it turns out one of them is his not only is it his grandson but the grandson that's his namesake and then the other guy was getting emotional about it because he's like now i'm a grandfather you know and i can feel Mm -hmm. what that must have been like uh it's just it really it's 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 a rip your heart out documentary regardless of the format but the animation is so incredibly well used and uh it's 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 a really amazing work of art Uh, well you know about a very sad you know real life event well let us know if you're listening what you think of this movie tower if you've gotten to see it if you liked it, we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments or on Twitter. And uh, Stanford, how can people find you? On Twitter, I'm at Stanford Clark. I have a movie podcast and blog, which can be found at moviespastandpresent.com. And follow me on Instagram. My handle is at moviespap, as in past and present. You can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Check that out. Also, you can find me at Homework's Podcast. And uh, please make sure that if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. That helps so much. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group and merch store. The merch store has hashtag animation junkie shirts. So you definitely want to get one of those. And thanks so much. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye, everyone. Bye.